This is the life manual for 20-somethinghood, where we dive into the uncharted waters of post-college life. Because let's be honest, college left a few chapters out. Regardless isn't just a word here. It's a mindset that sparks a growth journey. As your host, Skylar Sorkin, my mission is to arm our generation with community, competence, clarity, and confidence, empowering you to seize control of your own life's steering wheel. This podcast is the compass for 20-somethings navigating the complexities of adulthood. Don't just listen, evolve with us. Your future self will thank you. Regardless, you've got this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Regardless, the life manual for 20-somethinghood, because college really never quite covered it. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin, and today we are diving into the life manual for healing your gut, hormones, and skin really from within. I'm very, very, very excited to introduce you all to Megan Swidler, also known as That Plant-Based Gal. Megan is a holistic health coach and best-selling author of From Within. Her expertise covers guts, hormone, skin health, cleansing and detoxification, as well as cellular regeneration. With a strong presence in LA and a history of speaking at top-tier events, in which one that I'm going to attend today, very excited, Megan guides individuals towards holistic well-being. Her insights are truly invaluable for our audience of young entrepreneurs, young 20-somethings striving for a well-rounded life. I'm truly excited to have Megan on regardless today because at the core, we're really here and listening to regardless on how to thrive in our 20s with community, clarity, competence, and confidence, which really comes down to us wanting to be in control in the driver's seat and making smart choices to invest in our future selves today. I could not think of anyone more perfect and spot on to talk about this topic with. So welcome, welcome, Megan, to Regardless. Thank you so much. Before we dive deep into the realms of gut health, hormone, skin, could you please share with us your journey of becoming a health practitioner. Mm-hmm. Was this path a linear one? Like, let's get into it. Good question. No, it was definitely yeah. not a linear <laughs> path. Um, I, I grew up in Canada. I grew up in Montreal and I went to mm-hmm. Cornell. And after Cornell, I worked for a hypergrowth tech startup for about five years. Right when I graduated from school, when I was about 21 years old, I saw a naturopath who changed my life within a very short window of time. I had gut issues. I had cystic acne. I was on the pill. I just had, you know, I I was healthy, all things considered. My parents are two healthy people. I grew up in a healthy household, but I had my fair share of physical symptoms and issues. Mm-hmm. And he really changed my life in a very short window. And I set out to really like delve into holistic health and healing in a very big way, reading a ton of books, listening to podcasts, going to events. I mean, I was really obsessed with it, but I was also, you know, a perfectionist, overachiever, very type A person Mm -hmm. that was on this path. So I worked for a hypergrowth tech startup. My plan was to go to a, you know, top Ivy League school to get my MBA and then work in venture capital. Wow. I actually got a job in venture capital 
during COVID. So I quit that hypergrowth tech startup to work in venture capital. Um, and that was a dream job for me in theory. It's something that I wanted to get after I went to business school. So to get it ahead and not have to go to business school was a really big deal for me, but I started that job and I felt extremely empty and mm-hmm. devoid of any excitement and enthusiasm and emotion. So long story short, I had a pretty big awakening at that time. I realized that I was living for other people's expectations of me instead of living for myself. And I then set out on a path to have conversations with people that I felt were putting a lot of pressure on me and realized that all of those people just really wanted me to be happy. So um, that made the decision very, very easy for me. I quit that venture capital job, didn't really have a plan and went back to school and started what my business is today at that time. So it's only been probably two years. So I I quit that venture capital job when I was in like my late twenties. So hopefully this is just a reminder for all those listening in your twenties, you don't really need to have it all figured out. I didn't. And or I thought I did, but then I realized very quickly <laughs> that I wanted something totally different. Well, to answer your question, my path was not super linear, but I'm super happy with how it transpired because that lesson of going through a big career transition is something that I help a lot of my clients and followers with as well. That's beautiful, Megan. Thank you for sharing. And that speaks just really to me and kind of my experience thus far. I think some of us entrepreneurs have just like a feeling of being unemployable in some way where we we have a vision. We want to make an impact in our Mm -hmm. own way and not Mm -hmm. saying that we're not an amazing asset to a company, but when you have that bug inside of you, it's like, you have to go listen to that. And Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing. And I think it's so interesting. You mentioned thinking that either your parents or friends, you thought that they would maybe only expect you or think that you are enough or love you when you were at that, you know, nine to five job, but you were vulnerable and you opened up a conversation and you kind of were able to change that narrative in your head, which was perhaps like your fear that was creating stories that maybe weren't there. Mm -hmm, Exactly. I think at the end of the day, all you really need is yourself and a belief in yourself. And I think once I developed that belief, then I was able to quit that job that wasn't serving me at that time. So yeah, I think it all comes back to your thoughts and your own belief systems in your head. Yeah, 100%. To take this into really what you are an expert in, Mm -hmm. why do you think us 20-somethings should be invested in our internal systems and really working from the inside out. What was the aha moment for you where you were like, I have to invest in my internal system and my body in order to really Mm -hmm. glow from the inside out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think an analogy that I love to use is like, we take care of everything around us, right? We clean our homes every day or every couple of days. We do our laundry. We change the oil on our car. But for some reason, a lot of people don't treat their bodies with the same respect. And so what I like to say is your body is your own home for the rest of your life. So until the day you die, your body is your home. And so, yeah, put simply, like, that's really it. I think taking care of your internal organs, your body, um, your health allows for inner balance that translates to outer radiance and allows you to become your absolute, you know, vibrant, most radiant self physically, 
emotionally, mentally, and Mm. spiritually. I think when you're in your twenties, there's a lot of confusion around like what, you know, who to date and what job to have and where to live. And you're kind of figuring a lot of things out. But I think the more that you are connected to your body internally, and the more that your cells are clean, the more that you will kind of upgrade, Mm -hmm. as I said, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and the more that you will be able to make clear decisions for yourself. This is why health is so important to me. And this is something that, you know, really transformed my life. As I said, Mm -hmm. when I was 21 years old, I went through a whole host of issues and kind of got to the other side and realized, okay, like this is the most important thing to take care of. This is my number one priority. Your body is your home. It's the one thing that you're going to have with you for the rest of your life. So it's really best that you take care of it. I know it's so sad when you think about it, Mm -hmm. how much we put our bodies through. And instead of loving, caring for it, nourishing it, we're kind of mean to ourselves and we expect Mm -hmm. so much. And I don't think we really give ourselves the time to nourish it, to take care of it, to listen to what our bodies are needing. And that's something that is a daily, daily practice for me, whether it's Mm -hmm. eating, whether it's resting. So This episode, Megan, (laughs) I for sure need it. And in your work, I know you emphasize cleansing and detoxification, Mm. which I am extremely intrigued by. Can you break down for us why it's so crucial for overall well-being and how young individuals can really support this process through our lifestyle choices? Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. Cleansing and detoxification is really my differentiator as a practitioner and Um, writing my second book on it, which I'll talk about later on. But most people really think that the inputs are what is most important. So what you eat, what supplements you take, and practitioners, a lot of practitioners actually think the same. So I hear a lot of people saying, what should I eat for my gut? What should I not eat? What supplements should I take? What should I not? Mm -hmm. Same thing with hormones and skin. But in reality, the outputs are equally or more important. The analogy I like to use is When you deep clean your house, your house isn't clean until you take the garbage out. Mm. Get garbage bags all over the floor. Your house wouldn't be clean. And the same thing applies to your body. We live in a world in which we are kind of being poisoned every single day. Mm -hmm. We have a crazy toxic load that is overburdening all of our systems. There's toxins in our water, in our air, in our makeup, in our skincare, in our household products, in our clothes, and definitely in our food and beverages. So we're just exposed to so many toxins that the body is not able to filter out and that accumulate in the body. So to support the process, there's so many different things that you can do kind of simple things, you know, drinking cold pressed juice is a very powerful tool for cleansing, sweating and moving your body every single day is a very powerful tool, you know, doing infrared sauna, cold immersion, red light therapy, like all these things are things that we're exposed to that can be beneficial from a cleansing and detoxification perspective. And then there's more in-depth things that I go through with my clients, like colon cleansing and liver cleansing. Won't get into that too much on this podcast, but really once you get all of the garbage and waste out of the way, your body is self-healing and self-regulating under the right conditions. We just need to give it those conditions. So just like when, you know, when you get a cut on your hand, scabs over and it heals, 
as you can see, the body is self-regenerating, mm. self-healing and the internal organs and systems have that same capacity. They are just completely overwhelmed with tox toxins, waste, acidity, um, that needs to be released. And so again, going back to what I said, the inputs are super important, what you eat, um, you know, potentially supplements, although I'm not a big pusher of supplements, yeah. the outputs are equally as important. And I really focus my practice mm. around the combination of both. Smart. Would mm -hmm. outputs also be like your digestive system and pooping yeah. and all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. question. So yeah. there's, there's four main channels of elimination. There's the bowels, there's the lungs, there's the kidneys, which is urine, and there's the skin. The bowels are the biggest channel of elimination. So, you know, the body has natural detoxification practices. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be going to the bathroom two to three times a day. Most people that, go to the Are you serious? Yeah. Most people <laughs> don't really understand that and think that once a day is normal. It in fact isn't. Oh my goodness. And then less than that would be even worse. If you're eating three meals a day, mm -hmm. And you're not eliminating at the same rate, think of how much is accumulating in your body, right? If we live the life nature intended for us, then we probably wouldn't need all these extra cleansing modalities. But because we are not living the life that nature intended for us, and we have a toxic load that is kind of overwhelming our system, that's when we need the support to get our kind of systems regulated and, mm. and in balance. There's all these like natural detoxification methods, yep. going to the bathroom, peeing, sweating, breathing, you know, those are all ways that you're naturally detoxifying. Mm. But the problem is that there's so much toxic waste in most of our systems. That's really interesting because I personally suffer from chronic UTIs. Mm. And I'm curious if it's maybe due to my diet or mm -hmm. something that's blocking like my kidneys. I mean, this is creating another perspective for me, which is really mm. exciting that I can delve deeper into, mm. but I'm curious if that may be related. Yeah. Anything chronic has a root cause, chronic yeast infections, chronic acne, mm. chronic period issues, chronic gut issues, you know, people are always frustrated. And mm -hmm. I, I always say your body is your biggest helper. Your body is always trying to help you. It's never trying to hurt you. So in showing you these physical symptoms, it's basically giving you a message, a signal that there's something out of balance that needs to be addressed. A lot of Western medicine focuses on suppressing the symptom. Mm -hmm. when in fact, the symptom is the cure, which I say the symptom is the cure. It's like that symptom is bringing you to the cure. So I take much more of a root cause approach and oftentimes, yeah, whatever it is, UTI, yeast, uh, gas, bloating, acne, psoriasis, eczema, hormone imbalances. These are all symptoms that have been normalized that should, are not normal. And they're really showing you that something's wrong. Mm. Wow. Megan, mm -hmm. in a world of fast food and hectic schedules, especially for me, um, you know, juggling a nine to five with a side business and getting in a workout and doing all mm -hmm. of the non-negotiables in my day, it can get really crazy with sitting down and enjoying food with no distractions and making foods that are maybe they don't take forever to make. Mm -hmm. Maintaining a gut health, especially for me and I know other 20-somethings can be really challenging and almost impossible. So what do you think are some practical tips for mm. incorporating gut-friendly foods into a busy lifestyle? Yeah. So there's so much here. When you're really busy, 
just like you hold yourself accountable to a business meeting that's on your calendar, I always like to say that you need to hold yourself accountable to things that you need to do for yourself. If you're in a nine to five job and you have a one-on-one with your boss scheduled on the calendar, you would never miss that. And the same thing applies to your own routines and rituals on a weekly basis. So if you are busy and you are someone who lives by your schedule, as I am, I think it's really great to hold yourself accountable by setting up calendar invite for yourself in your calendar. And maybe they're different color. Maybe they're pink and your work calendar is blue, but they're things that you commit to on a weekly basis that allow you to incorporate gut-friendly plant-based whole foods into your busy lifestyle and to make that a priority. So Mm -hmm. some examples is like do groceries twice a week, one time on Sunday, one time on Wednesday, put that in your calendar. And it's kind of like a non-negotiable and something that I really like is batch prepping. So if you're someone who's extremely busy and you're like on the fly in between meetings and you don't have time to make food, batch prepping food at the beginning of the week. So like, let's say you do groceries on Sunday and Wednesday, you batch prep those days, like, you know, maybe you make a batch of sweet potatoes or a batch mm-hmm. of salad or a batch of like brown rice then on the fly, you can make something really quickly. Some people go so far as to meal prep. That can be like a lot for people, but I think batch prepping is like halfway there and you can make some things that can be helpful to you as you're like maintaining a busy life and have a hectic schedule. I've seen the busiest people in the world make their health a priority. So I think it's really about deciding and believing that your health is the number one priority and holding yourself accountable to that. So you might not be able to do everything at once, but focused on the pillar that you need that is the weakest. So if food, you know, if you sleep well and you're moving your body and you don't feel super stressed, but food is your biggest weakness, focus on that pillar and really try to schedule things into your calendar, like grocery shopping and batch prepping that will make your life easier on a day-to-day basis. I love the idea of batch prepping. I feel like that's perfect for a Mm -hmm. person like me. And I feel like it would take like five seconds to put all together in a bowl with like a couple of fun sauces. So Mm -hmm. great idea. And also our bodies and our health, if we're not taking care of ourselves and filling up our own cup, how are we going to go into work Mm -hmm. creating the most amazing work for our company if we're not filling ourselves up? So totally spot on. I want to get into the theme of hormones Mm -hmm. And I know that hormonal imbalances can affect energy levels and mood. That is the one thing that I do know about hormones. But for young adults, 20-somethings, what are common signs for hormonal imbalance and how can we address some of these issues naturally? Yeah, I think, you know, as a woman specifically, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, there are four recognized vital signs, your body temperature, your pulse rate, your respiration Mm -hmm. rate, your blood pressure. But as a woman, your menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign, I say. So um, you should experience like a menstrual cycle of about 28 days, a bleeding phase of about four to five and barely any symptoms, which is alarming to people. They're like, what? Like, I thought that was normal, right? Maybe you have some light cramps and fatigue, but you shouldn't really experience anything. I have absolutely no symptoms. A sign of a hormone imbalance is the symptom, right? So we talked before about physical symptoms are showing you that there's a sign of imbalance. Of course, you can take a hormone test and see the imbalance, but feel that in your body. So severe PMS, abnormally short or long period cycles, skip period cycles, spotting, clotting, 
hormonal acne, very painful period cramps, Mm -hmm. excessive abdominal bloating, breast tenderness, low energy, heavy flow, really painful period, hot flashes. I can list like hundreds of symptoms. These are all, you know, the most common I see are like the cramps, the heavy flow, the hormonal acne, the clotting, kind of the debilitating irritability or low energy, all of those things are really signs that something is wrong. Mm. And, you know, going back to what I said before, addressing these issues naturally. So, you know, the liver is really tied to hormone balance. I think with hormone balance, again, a lot of practitioners and people will say, okay, what are the hormone balancing foods I should eat? And what are the supplements that I can take to balance my hormones? While it's true that there are things that balance your hormones from a food perspective, plant-based whole foods, dark leafy greens, legumes, seeds, fatty, um, unhealthy, unsaturated fats, like avocado. Those are all really amazing tools to balance your hormones. It's really important that your liver is functioning Mm. normally. So When your liver is not functioning normally, it is not able to filter out excess hormones. If the liver detoxification pathways are not working properly, and that can lead to hormone imbalances, that can lead to acne. So going back to what I said earlier, with any physical symptom, it always ties back to the underlying sort of accumulation of waste in the Mm. system. With hormones, um, we're really looking at the liver you really, again, need to decrease the toxic load on your liver, really be mindful of the toxins that you're ingesting. And then there's a lot of things that can also be supportive to the liver. But again, if your liver is not functioning properly, it may not be able to metabolize hormones or to clear out hormones as as effectively as it should, which will disrupt the balance. And truthfully, not a lot of practitioners or people are seeing things in that light. Mm. This is why I know I have my work cut out for me, but (laughs) it's a different way of looking at things. But again, your body is self-healing. So your hormones are built to be in balance. So when you get all of that garbage out of the way, your hormones will naturally find balance. I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with hundreds of my clients. How do you know your liver's not cleansing properly? Mm -hmm. Like what are the signs? Yeah, there's a lot of different signs. There's many things that are concerns physically for women, especially and and Mm -hmm. men that don't really aren't really tied to the liver in Western medicine. So the most common are acne, any sort of skin issues, acne, eczema, psoriasis, hormone imbalances and blood sugar imbalances are all very much tied to the liver. Um, Obviously, from like a testing perspective, Mm -hmm. you can run labs and check for elevated liver enzymes. My favorite company is called Function Health. It's founded Mm. partially by um, Mark Hyman and a few other incredible founders that one of which I know personally, it's a comprehensive direct to consumer lab testing platform. That's like 150 different biomarkers spanning metabolic liver, kidney, urine, nutrient, heavy metal, all the things and liver is one of them. So that's a really like clear way to check. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes things may look normal, right? Like a lot of times doctors will be like, oh, everything's normal. But in fact, you're struggling with hormone imbalances Mm -hmm. and acne. And I see that all the time. So while I think testing is really great and empowering because knowledge is power, I think it's also important to just tune into your body and be like, okay, if I'm struggling with hormone imbalances, If I get acne every single period, if I have like raging 
PMS symptoms and debilitating cramps, there's obviously something going on. And so I kind of help my clients through that process mm. and to the other side. Amazing. Thank you for sharing function health. I feel like that's probably a great way to get a little bit more deeper into the details of a read, like a normal read that mm-hmm. you get by going to the doctor. I'm actually thinking specifically of my mom who's been struggling with some chronic knee pain. And I think there's like a deeper issue that's tied to diet or something because Mm. normal doctors not picking up on any issues. So I'm absolutely going to relay this info to her. Joint pain, arthritis, that's all signs of inflammation, reducing inflammation in the body, going back to what I said before, cleansing. So Mm. all of my clients, you know, I've had clients with joint pain, arthritis, going through my three month program, get to the other side and have no pain whatsoever. Inflammation is a huge one, right? And that creates this pain. Mm waste in the body will contribute to inflammation in the body. And I'm assuming with the liver, I mean, I could only imagine the negative impact that alcohol has. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're talking to 20 somethings and I I know we're all indulging. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that correlation is probably pretty intense. Yeah. Alcohol, really anything. So alcohol, I would say for women, especially alcohol, birth control, anything, you know, anything synthetic is going to be sort of pumping toxins into your liver. I went to Cornell. I was in a sorority. I drank a lot. I haven't had alcohol in close to two and a half years. It's not like an, it has to be an all or nothing thing, but I think if you are excessively drinking for sure, that's taking like a really, really big toll on your liver. Mm. And then also if you're someone who's taking prescription drugs or medications or taking birth control or hormonal contraception every single day, that's obviously pumping mm. more synthetic you know, hormones and chemicals into your liver, which is maybe helping you in the short term, but it's perpetuating the problem. Megan, I have a question for you because I'm assuming lots of my audience and people listening are probably on birth control or Mm -hmm. even contemplating getting off of the pill, which is really where I'm at. Can you shed some light on how birth control is maybe impacting our hormones to gut and skin? Mm -hmm. And do you think like, I mean, I'm 25, I'm getting into my late 20s. Like when is the right time to consider getting off of it? Those Mm -hmm. are two heavy loaded questions I know. So (laughs) I think the right time is as soon as you possibly can. So that's that's my answer to that question. Okay. Birth control is very pervasive mm. in our society. Between 2015 and 2017, about 65% of women age 15 to 49 were using some method of contraception, mm. which is about 50 to 72 million women in the US. That's a lot of people. That has been prescribed kind of as a magic pill to resolve everything, right? But- Hormonal contraception doesn't balance your hormones. It silences them. Mm -hmm. So it suppresses your entire menstrual cycle and ovulation and everything. Your period on the pill is not even a real period. People like clients or potential clients are like, yeah, I'm on the pill. I get my period every 28 days. And I'm like, no, that's not a period. That's a withdrawal bleed when you're not taking the synthetic hormones, when you're on the placebo pills, it's a withdrawal bleed from not having the hormones. Again, going back to what I said, your menstrual cycle provides insight into your hormones in your body. And when it's suppressed, you run the risk of not getting the complete picture of your reproductive health Mm. and missing deeper underlying conditions. Your body is always trying to help you with all these physical symptoms, right? Acne, imbalances, 
really painful cramps, irregular period cycles. Those things are all showing you that things are out of balance. When you're on the pill, the pill just suppresses all of those Mm -hmm. symptoms. It makes you feel better temporarily. It's an amazing short-term band-aid, but it suppresses all of these issues. So what I see is a lot of women who are like coming off of the pill 10, 15 years later, or they're trying to get pregnant and they realize, oh my God, I have PCOS or I have endometriosis or, oh, I have like crazy issues. And so a couple of tools. First, I recommend watching the documentary, The Business of Birth Control by Ricky Lake. It's not on any major network because it is fairly controversial. You can learn more about the realities of hormonal contraception. So everything I'm talking about is real. They have the research behind it. It's a really beautiful documentary. And then natural cycles that I'm a partner of, um, I have a code in my link tree, is the first FDA cleared non-hormonal birth control app. So you take your temperature every morning, your basal body temperature that helps for you to know when you're ovulating and when you're fertile, you're only fertile like five or six days in the month, which women also don't realize. It's a really great tool. If you are looking for a non-hormonal contraception method, you have an aura ring, they have a sink um, with the aura ring. So the aura ring takes your temperature every day and sends it to the natural cycles app. So if you're someone who's looking to go off the pill, those are some tools that I would recommend. Mm. And you know, while being on birth control, it is really, really hard to balance anything because your body is just sort of being pumped with synthetic hormones. So it's very hard for the body to find balance ultimately. Mm. Wow. I I was on birth control for a long time. I had an IUD that gave me cystic acne. That's a whole Mm. other story, but you know, I'm helpful from a place of education, but also from a place of personal experience. I've been through this whole journey myself And so I help a lot of my clients through it as well. Cleansing will really accelerate the path to healing because your body goes through an adjustment period. And that could mean symptoms get worse for a period Mm -hmm. of time. Women always go off and they get more acne and they're like, oh my God, no, I need to go back on it. But you have to go through that process to get to the other side. Megan, that was beyond helpful. Thank you so much for your resources. I'm absolutely downloading. I think it was called the natural cycles. Mm-hmm. And it's included in your link tree. So I'll absolutely share that with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's something that I really need to prioritize um, in the next couple of months because mm-hmm. I've been on it for way too long. It's been about nine years. Really? Thank you, Megan. Now we're going into skin. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's no secret that your skin is 20 out of 10. You're literally glowing through the Zoom screen. <laughs> so I want all of your secrets. I know that having clear skin is obviously a top priority for us in our 20s and I think really everyone. And I think a lot of skincare routines and especially we see on social media and and the media in general is all focused on external products or makeup or a certain moisturizer. Mm -hmm. How important from an internal aspect is nutrition, lifestyle play, and really achieving this healthy glow that we all Mm. deeply, deeply want? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as I always say, I mean, my first book is called From Within. I echo that and say good skin comes from within. I barely use products. I use maybe like two or three products. I don't get facials. I barely wear makeup, maybe like a couple things. Um, Never gotten laser, never gotten microneedling. I've never gotten Botox. I've never gotten filler. So yeah, I just wanted to say that because I think a lot of women, as you said, feel this pressure like, Mm -hmm oh my God, I need to try this product and do 
this microneedling and do this laser and get Botox preventatively and all these things. And like, I feel like I am a living example of that you don't. Mm -hmm. And I, again, going back to what I said earlier, the reason why I started my health journey when I was 21 was because I had, I have acne prone skin and I had not the craziest cystic acne ever, but I had very bad acne. And I went through ebbs and flows of that through my twenties at different times until I really cleansed and and healed my body. Mm. So this is something I'm really, really passionate about. And I help a lot of clients through this journey. Yeah, I think nutrition plays an extremely big role into your skin, especially if you're acne prone. Some people just aren't acne prone. They can eat whatever they want. They'll never get acne. But the people who are acne prone need to be extra careful. So with nutrition, obviously eating plant-based whole foods is going to be very supportive. And there are foods that are going to trigger acne, Mm. gluten, dairy, refined sugars, alcohol. There's other common culprits as well. But those are, I would say, the core ones that can trigger acne for a lot of people. People don't really understand why the skin reacts, right? So the skin is not the cause, it's the effect and Mm -hmm. what's going on in the body. So as I mentioned earlier, there's four main channels of elimination in the body, the bowels, the skin, the urine and the lungs, the bowels are the biggest channel of elimination. When you're constipated or you're not eliminating properly, or you have irregular bowel movements and you're not eliminating two to three times a day, toxins are not able to exit the body. What happens is they recirculate the bot through the body. And what's the second biggest channel that they have to go out. It's the skin. So the skin is really just a physical manifestation mm-hmm. of toxins having nowhere to go because they can't exit through the bowels. So they come out through the skin. There's some people who are more prone to acne than others. Some people are prone to eczema. Some people are prone to psoriasis, but really what it is, it's your body literally showing you at the surface that there's something wrong internally. Mm-hmm. Nothing about skin is external. Obviously there's products. The most important thing is achieving that internal balance. And so the inputs, food are really important. And then again, the outputs and making sure that you're eliminating properly and that toxins are filtering out of your body are even more important. Megan, I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to hear you say that you do not subscribe to Botox, lip filler, all the things is amen to me, music to my ears, because I think women and young women need to know that you are beautiful and you do not have to change what God or the universe gave to you. And Mm -hmm. there are ways that we can feel absolutely beautiful from the inside out. And I really hope Mm -hmm. that this starts to change our world and the media in general, because what's happening right now is not sustainable. And I don't think it's, it's very good for our health. It's funny. Like people DM me all the time being like, Hey, like you live in LA, where do you get your Botox and filler done? I'm like, wow. Like I really really think I have Botox and filler, but yeah, I think I'll just, I just echo what I said before, like Mm. eat plant-based whole foods, sleep seven to nine hours a night, move your body, sweat, manage your nervous system, stay super hydrated, limit coffee and alcohol and cleanse the body. And so that's really the key to like glowing skin, I think is like really taking care of making sure that you're getting toxins out of the body. That's what's really going to allow your skin to glow. Beautiful. Megan, looking back at your, I would say early twenties, maybe when you were working your venture capital job, Mm -hmm. what is one piece of advice you wish you would had known? (laughs) Yeah, I think first is what I, you know, there's a couple. So the first is what I mentioned earlier, which is 
we focus so much on the inputs, like what skincare should I use? Which supplement should I take? What food should I eat? That's what we're seeing on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it's really more about the outputs. Mm -hmm. And the moment that I like got my first colonic and, you know, did my first liver flush and did things to cleanse my body, that's when the unlocks happened. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is my life's work, because there's so many people that I need to heal that need to learn this information. And this is why I'm writing my second book on it. I think just being mindful, like if you're in your early twenties, like be mindful of the toxic load that you're putting on your system, what medications you're taking, hormonal contraception, what skincare you're using, what beauty products um, you're using, makeup, what food you're eating, what alcohol you're drinking, all of this will take a toll again on your internal organs and systems. Even if it doesn't show anything now, it might come up later. So just be really, really mindful of that. My second book is going to talk more about this in depth. And then I think the second thing is just regulating your nervous system. Stress is a silent killer. Cortisol is your stress hormone. When it's elevated and chronically elevated, it has cascading effects on your hormone, your digestive system, your skin, basically your entire body, especially, you know, given the time that we're living in right now and sending love and light to anyone who's suffering and struggling Mm -hmm. during such a difficult time, regulating your nervous system is so, so important to your overall well-being. I've seen people that are the healthiest ever. They eat the best, they work out six days a week, they sleep well, but they are absolutely stressed beyond belief. And they're seeing the physical impacts of that on their body. Anytime that I felt the most relaxed, I felt the most connected to my body. That may look different for everyone. It may be spending time in nature. It may be working out. It may be going on walks. It may be doing breathwork and meditation. It may be deleting social media. And it can be a combination of all of those things. But I really think that regulating your nervous system is really, really important to achieve optimal health as well. Beautiful. I feel like this was the perfect transition into the conclusion, which is syllabus steps, Megan, which Mm -hmm. is really a time for us to summarize all the valuable insights that you brought to to the table and explore the ways that we can incorporate this into our daily lives. So Mm. quickly, I know we've started to get into this, but are there any non-negotiables I'm not going to say supplements because I know we're focusing more mm. on the output yeah. mindsets or even like if we're interested in doing a liver detoxification, yeah. like how do yeah. we begin that journey? Totally. I'm super, super glad you asked. Yeah. Um, for gut hormones, skin, energy, thyroid balance, kind yep. of all the things. I really am just so excited to bring my second book into the world. My, my first book is really about gut health specifically. Mm. So It does have tips and tricks around optimizing your gut health and gives you a lot of tools to do that, as well as like a plant-based protocol to help you kind of get on that path. But my second book is really goes even deeper. So it goes deeper into the framework for eating that will support optimizing Mm -hmm. your vitality, your health and vitality, as well as all of the detoxification practices that someone can use to achieve inner balance for outer radiance. So colon cleansing, all the practices in depth, colonics, enemas, liver cleansing, liver cleansing supplements, liver cleansing tools like liver flushes. And then it's going to go into everything from juicing to infrared, to cold immersion, to contrast therapy, to rebounding, lymphatic drainage, 
and going a step deeper into offering detoxification protocols, like meaning food protocols, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a seven day reset to go through all the way from beginner to intermediate to expert to advanced, because you can't start from eating three cheeseburgers a day and go to being like, a rock yeah, yeah. Cause that's going <laughs> to overwhelm your system yeah. aggressively. And so you have to be very careful about how you mm. go about it. And so, yeah, I just don't think that that information exists in a very comprehensive way mm. at the moment. And so my goal with this book is really to enable everyone and everyone to have access to these tools and to really to heal themselves from within. And I'm really, really excited about launching that. I'm hoping at the end of this year, but maybe sometime early next year. But I I really love working with clients one-on-one, but I really want to help as many people in the world achieve these outcomes Mm -hmm. and very limited in what I can do in a one-on-one capacity. So these books and, you know, my workshops and all of this work Mm -hmm. is really my effort to help as many people as humanly possible. Hopefully I'll be launching a course along with that book. So if someone is like more visual or wants to go on a walk and listen to me talk about everything, instead of reading a book, they'll have the option of doing like one or the other. And then yeah, cleansing and really making sure that you're taking care of your internal well-being through some of the modalities that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Megan, that's awesome. I'm so excited for your second book to come out and I will absolutely include both of the links to the podcast and any additional information that you shared today. I also wanted to note that I love that the book is for anyone and everyone because there's so many things that I think we can do to Mm -hmm. heal our gut. And I know specifically for me, when you hear all of these words, it can be extremely overwhelming. Mm. But even, and correct me if I'm wrong, even if it's just us picking one pillar to focus on, and maybe for this month, we're just focusing on the liver. Like that's all you need to do rather than thinking you have to sign up for like an infrared studio or all these things. It is expensive. If you were to talk to one 20 something year old listening to this podcast and maybe we don't have the funds to do everything or it is overwhelming. What would be your advice to them? Like they can only start with one pillar, right? Yeah. So I feel like there's kind of four pillars, right? You know, typically there's like nutrition, sleep, movement, stress Mm -hmm. management. I think a lot of people tend to focus on the strongest pillar and just optimizing that pillar because it feels the easiest, right? So if you're healthy, you're like, oh, with food, you're like, oh, how can I optimize this a little bit more? But that incremental optimization is not really going to drive that much change. So I always recommend focusing on the weakest pillar, mm-hmm. right? Which is usually the one you're scared like, to tackle. Oh, yeah. I sleep horribly. Like, I don't even want to deal with this. But oftentimes that's going to yield the most results for your physical well-being. So I would say, look at one of those four pillars and look at like, where do I need the most support? So if you're eating well and you're sleeping well and you're, you know, you exercise every day, but you're really stressed, that's probably the pillar you should focus on mm-hmm. first. And what I will say is a lot of tools are free, right? So we're always like, there's always this notion that health has to be super expensive. And yeah, if you're taking a ton of supplements and trying to do all these mm-hmm. crazy treatments and buy a $40 jar of CMOS gel, then yeah, it's going to be really expensive. But if you're just focusing on simplicity then it actually won't be that expensive. So moving your body, you could just literally go into nature. I'm going on a hike after this. You can go on a walk. You don't need to go to a workout class. 
stress management, like you could do breath work, meditation, all of those tools are free and accessible to you. Again, you can go into nature, you can ground in nature, you can spend some time in the sunlight, 20 minutes, you can laugh with your friends, you can build meaningful connections. And then food, of course, it's, you know, it's a cost, but I I see people who say, oh, this is expensive, but then they're like going out to dinner, getting drinks, taking buying $200 pair of jeans. And I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of like choose what Mm -hmm. your priorities are. So I think usually when someone says it's expensive, that's like a limiting belief that they're putting on themselves Mm -hmm. to not achieve optimal health. When in reality, it's really just more about your priorities than anything else. And of course, with food, there are ways to, you know, make things cheaper, buying in bulk, going to a local CSA, local farmer's market, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. That was really helpful. Yeah. Whatever you invest in grows. So Hmm. could not agree more. And to wrap things up, of course, I want to tie it back to regardless, which is really this mindset of transformation. So going from fixed to growth, regardless Mm -hmm. of social media trends or all of the wellness and health information we see on the internet, how can I look within and know that I have everything I can access within me and prioritize? So Megan, fill in the blank, regardless of blank, I am blank. Regardless of my failures, I am constantly learning and evolving. Mm. I think that message goes out to all of the perfectionists, recovering perfectionists, self-reclaimed type A overachievers like myself. My biggest lesson in recent years has really been that failure is not a bad thing. It's really how you see it. That's Mm. most important. So you can see failure as something that prevents you from taking action in the future, or you can see failure as an opportunity to learn. I've achieved way more success in my career by letting go of that notion that failure is a bad thing and by using it as an opportunity to grow and learn. So just kind of go for it and see what happens. And if you fail, then you'll learn from that experience and that will kind of help you achieve more growth and success in a future experience. Five million percent does that resonate. Mm-hmm. I I love it, Megan. You have been such a gem and a well of wisdom. And I am so blessed that you spent your time with us on Regardless. I cannot wait to share mm-hmm. you all of your juicy information with my following. And of course, if you would like to work with Megan, I will input all of that information in my show notes. Mm-hmm. Megan, such, such a pleasure being with you today. Yeah, me too. Thank you again so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Regardless. If today's discussion sparked a mindset shift, we want to hear from you. Join the conversation on Instagram and TikTok at Regardless of Pod and share your insights. You can also find me personally at Skylar Sorkin on Instagram. For more transformative content, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you loved what you heard, leaving a review and sharing with your friends helps us reach even more 20-somethings on their journey. New episodes drop every other Monday of each month on all major podcast audio platforms. Remember, your path is unique, but with Regardless, you're a part of a community navigating this transformative decade together. Until our next exploration, our next life manual, keep evolving, stay confident, and embrace the journey. 
because your future self is eagerly awaiting your growth. Cheers to thriving in our 20s. Stay electric.